A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Haunted Visions podcast. We are dedicated to stories of the paranormal, spine-chilling history, and adventures into the darkness of the unknown. So grab a flashlight, lock your doors, curl up under your blankets, and prepare to be scared. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Haunted Visions podcast. My name's Brandy, and I'm here with Rachel. Hello. As always. And um, today we are going to talk about the, is it Lep Castle? Yes, Lep Castle. We're going to talk about Lep Castle. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very, very famous, haunted, scary-ass castle. (laughs) In Ireland. In Ireland, yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to let... Rachel, uh, start us off telling us a little bit about the history of Lep Castle. So Ireland is a really cool place. I've always wanted to visit, and this place has always fascinated me. So that's kind of what made us think about this topic. Um, So everyone, when you think of Ireland, you think of rolling green pastures, steep seaside cliffs. Um, A lot of gentlemen out there probably think about golf a lot. (laughs) They have a lot of golfing, you know, pastime, whatever. Um, There's a lot of castle ruins, quaint farming communities, and everyone, when they think of Ireland, they think about Dublin and Guinness. So um, it's no wonder why Ireland is such a popular tourist destination because they have all kinds of myths and legends. And you think about banshees, leprechauns, fairies, ghosts, and just haunted castles that surround the Emerald Isle. Among the many castles that are tucked away along the serene landscape, Lep Castle stands out. There are many other large and breathtaking castles, but this one gains notoriety for its history of carnage, betrayal, and ghostly sightings. Excellent. Yes. Lep Castle is the very first haunted location that I can recall from my childhood. Like I said earlier, I just remember turning on the TV and catching the ending of a ghost show. And at the time, now we have channels dedicated to all kinds of ghost shows, but it was either a travel channel or discovery channel. And my 10-year-old mind ran wild with the idea that ghosts could be real and that one day I would visit the castle and find out for myself if the stories surrounding it were true. And it just it just basically set me ablaze with my passion for anything supernatural or paranormal. Um, Lep Castle sits in, I believe it's pronounced Roscrea mm-hmm. in County Offaly, Ireland. And 
to those, if you're listening and you're native to there, I'm really sorry if I just butchered that. Uh, the castle stands on what is the pl- once a place for Druid rituals and burial grounds. So, of course, you know, just like here in the United States, a lot of people say spooky shit happens on Indian burial grounds. So, mm-hmm. Druid burial grounds doesn't sound like it's, you know, all that great. Um, and it's debated that the castle was built as early as the 12th century. However, when I was doing my research, most of the notable history starts in the 15th century anyway. Originally, the O'Bannon clan lived in the castle, and the family was very tame compared to the barbaric O'Carroll clan that would take it over eventually. Um, They took it over in the 15th century, and they were described as ruthless, merciless, greedy, and barbaric. How are you feeling so far? Did they wear kilts? I think they did. That's important. Yeah. They wore wore all kinds of fancy kilts. (laughs) Um, the chieftain Mulrooney of the O'Carroll clan has two sons. Um, I believe it's pronounced Teague mm-hmm. and, and Thaddeus. Thaddeus was a priest and was usually pretty peaceful. Uh, he did not get along with his younger brother Teague because Teague was kind of a butt, butthead. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mid-1500s, Mulrooney died before declaring which of his sons would take the chieftainship. And Teague wanted to rise to power and take over the clan's leadership and there are many unclear theories as to why he decided to take the next step, but most point to his obsession with power. And while Thaddeus was performing mass in the chapel one morning, his brother burst into the room and ran a sword through his back. And the priest is said to have died slumped over the altar, and the chapel then received the nickname, the Bloody Chapel. How fitting. Oh, somebody yeah. was really creative with that. Oh, yeah, extremely. Um a man that once visited the castle claimed he was ascending the stairs to the bloody chapel, just kind of touring it and checking it out. And um, he said a priest in long robes came running down the stairs toward him. And as the man tried to step out of the way, because this guy is rushing down the stairs at him, right. the priest vanished right in front of him, right before his eyes. Kind of creepy. I would I would take off probably running, screaming. Yes. <laughs> Scared. <laughs> um, the O'Carrolls don't stop there with their violent tendencies, though. The clan would often hire other clans to do their dirty work of killing off their enemies. Um, kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones type stuff. And they hired mercenaries. Yeah. Um, each time their hired hands returned to Lep Castle successfully, the O'Carrolls would have a giant feast and celebration. On several occasions, when the O'Carrolls suspected that their hired mercenaries were going to turn against them, they would murder them in cold blood. Right. Um, one such occasion was the murder of the McMahon family. Legend goes that the McMahon clan was poisoned at the feast or murdered in their sleep. Um, Voices of scared McMahon women and children can be heard throughout the castle and some can be heard crying out and begging not to be killed, which is really sad. Yeah. One sinister part of the castle holds the dreaded oubliette, where prisoners were left to be forgotten. The oubliette is a small hole in the stone floor of the castle that sits above a dungeon. The oubliette was favorited by the O'Carroll clan, and the opening of the shaft is just large enough to toss a body down. Yay! Well. <laughs> Once a prisoner was thrown down, they were impaled by large wooden stakes, and they would either bleed or starve to death. So that's nice. Uh, in the 1900s, workers that were hired to help renovate that part of the castle recovered three barrels worth of human bones from the bottom of the shaft. Yeah. Uh, Many people claim that sounds of agonizing screams and cries for mercy are heard on dark nights around the area of the castle, and an uneasy feeling consumes visitors who dare to look down the oubliette. I'm out. (laughs) I know um, 
ghost hunters went there and they did a Halloween special there at Lep Castle once and they sent Grant, I believe, to the bottom of the oubliette. And this was, I don't know, back in 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. And he felt he was being touched. He felt like he said, like there were hundreds of hands that just it felt like people were reaching out to touch him. He he was freaked out by it. So I'm sure. Um, once an English captain by the name of Darby was taken prisoner in the castle, one of the O'Carroll's daughters took pity on Darby and continued to sneak food and water to him. Over the course of several months, the pair fell in love and decided to hatch an escape plan. In the middle of the night, the young maiden snuck into the dungeon and freed Captain Darby. As the two were fleeing the castle, they ran into one of the maiden's brothers at the top of the stairs. And he was not happy that his sister wanted to run away with an Englishman and threatened to kill Darby. Darby drew his sword and began fighting the O'Carroll brother, and the fight ended with the O'Carroll man lying dead at the bottom of the staircase, and now his angry spirit is said to roam the castle halls. And since the young O'Carroll maiden was now the only O'Carroll child left alive at that point, she inherited the throne and married Darby in 1659. Captain Darby continued with his military career and was captured and held prisoner in Dublin, where he was then tortured. Some say he went a little mad after his capture, which I don't blame him. I probably would, too. Right. Um, You know, hours and hours of torture. And he was never the same once he returned to Lep Castle. And villagers began calling him Wild Darby as he began to lose his mind. And Darby slowly began digging holes in the ground of the castle to hide the treasures he had acquired over the years. Um, He would hide other treasures and precious metals in random places in the castle walls as well. And as his mental state deteriorated, he would wander the grounds trying to find what the heck he did with all his treasures, but he died before ever finding where he had hidden it all. That's like me trying to find my keys. <clears throat> right? Um, his ghost is seen running around the grounds, and witnesses have claimed to see an older man searching the area for something. Then he just slowly fades into nothingness. I feel bad for him. Just an old man walking around going, hi, 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 and just yeah. vanish. Looking for his glasses. Yeah. Today, local lore suggests that Wild Darby's treasure is still hidden somewhere on the grounds of Lep Castle, just waiting to be found. So that's a little interesting tidbit. If anybody ever goes there, please don't dig holes. Someone does live in that castle. (laughs) Totally dig holes. (laughs) Um, Darby's descendants continued to live in the castle for several centuries. And this is my favorite part of the story, Brandy. Hit me. All right. Mildred and Jonathan Darby lived in the castle during the early 1900s. Mildred was a gothic novelist who was very into the spiritualism movement of the time. It was common practice for Mildred to host seances and other occult gatherings. Little did she know that she had unleashed a demon that would torment the halls of Lep Castle for years to come. Mildred Mildred had welcomed an elemental into her home. Per its occult definition, an elemental is a supernatural entity or force thought to be physically manifested by occult means. And in 1909, Mildred wrote an article for the Journal Occult Review about her experiences with the demon. I wonder if that's still in publication. Um, I couldn't find the entire article, but I did find this little script okay. of um, what she had written. If you'd like to oh, take sure. a look at it. I was standing in the gallery, looking down into the main hall, when suddenly I felt something by me. The thing I saw was about the size of a sheep thin, gaunt, and shadowy in parts. Its face was human, or to be more accurate, inhuman in its vilest. Vile, vileness? It was vile. 
<laughs> the lust reflected in its eyes, which seemed half decomposed in black cavities, stared into mine. The horrible smell, which before offended my nostrils, became a hundred times intensified and came up into my face, filling me with a deadly nausea. What? It, it smelled of a decomposing corpse. Which, side note, kind of random, makes you wonder why she knows what a decomposing corpse smells like. You know she knows what a decomposing corpse <laughs> She's creepy. Like. Yeah, she's <laughs> way creepy. Uh, the Darbys were forced to flee Lep Castle in 1922 due to the civil unrest set forth by Ireland fighting against England for independence. The IRA then decided to turn the castle into a headquarters for their business affairs for a short time. After that, the castle was abandoned by the living. The spirits were left to their own devices until the early 1970s. In 1972, an Australian historian by the name of Peter Bartlett bought the castle. Peter was a descendant of the castle's original owners, the Abannons. Peter began restoring the castle immediately, and by doing so, seemed to stir up a large amount of paranormal activity, like kicking up dust. Pretty much. <laughs> there were claims of poltergeist activity while he worked. He would lay a tool down and then turn around and find it missing. Sometimes he wouldn't find his missing equipment for days. They were messing with him. Hardcore. Peter would feel dark presences as he went on with his daily life in the castle. A nerve, he contacted a white witch to come clean, cleanse the property. Which they makes had me those think, in the 70s? Yeah, I, they said, I think okay. things just might be diff like a cultural difference maybe, but it made me think of maybe like getting a Wiccan, you know, so that she could come yeah. in and sage that Bird shit. Said, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the white witch spoke to several of the spirits and told Peter that the spirits refused to leave the castle, but they promised that they would no longer act malevolent toward him. I don't know that I would believe a bunch of spirits. That. Yeah. Sadly, Peter died in 1989, and all the restoration efforts in the castle ceased. Sean and Anne Ryan purchased the property in 1991 and decided to continue re renovating the castle where Peter had left off. Soon after moving in, Sean began experiencing poltergeist activity. On one occasion, Sean had a ladder leaning on the outdoor wall of the castle. As he was working, he felt unseen hands grab the ladder and begin to shake it. Mm -hmm. The ladder was then shoved off the wall, and Sean fell to the ground and shattered his knee. Which I can imagine probably hurts, because if you ever watch those old mob movies, yeah. like, I'm going to break your kneecaps, yeah, shatter they, it with a golf club. They will club. go after that, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Later, Sean had a run-in with a more unexplained phenomenon that left him with a broken ankle. All kinds of freak accidents continued to plague the Ryan family. Sean reported that he and his wife woke up one morning to find that all the pictures and portraits that were hanging in their bedroom walls were taken down and lying on the floor. Whomever, or whatever, had done this managed not to make a peep while they slept. Since there's no explanation he could give for that kind of odd occurrence, uh, Sean and Anne would often hear loud footsteps, angry voices, terrible screams, and distant cries throughout the castle. An apparition of an old man thought to be the previous owner is sometimes spotted in a chair by the main fireplace with his ghostly dog resting by the chair next to him. Yeah, he's got his dog. Yeah. Big sweetie. <laughs> uh, when the man and the dog disappear, the smell of thick smoking tobacco hangs in the air where they were. Sean even jokes that he greets the specter with a friendly hello as he walks by. And his interviews can be seen all over YouTube in case anyone's curious. He's always on there talking about how, oh, I, he's like, I wake up in the morning and I say hello to Mr. Bartlett. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't That's know that I would weird. be that friendly. <laughs> right. Well, if the guy doesn't bother him, he's just hanging out by the fire, I guess you could be. Anyway. Yeah. 
Often, Sean will get phone calls from startled neighbors claiming that the chapel looks as if there are hundreds of candles flickering inside of it. Of course, there are no candles and the chapel always remains empty. Sean claims that often the spirits will touch visitors and brush by his wife and daughter near the chapel. Another account of a ghostly figure of a man can be seen in the old half-burned-down structure of the priest's house on the castle ground. On foggy nights, a large man can be seen struggling to roll a huge barrel up a flight of stairs. Once the man reaches the top of the stairs, the barrel rolls back down and the man looks frustrated and defeated. Then all at once, the man and the barrel evaporate into thin air. Do you think he's gotten in the barrel, Brandy? I think he's. I think he's in hell. Is what I think. Yeah, it's probably it's whiskey probably that booze, he's. Yeah, yeah, that he's never going to be able to take a drink of. It's, How tragic! It's booze. That is sad. The ghost of a, str- a screaming woman in a red flowing gown can also be seen in the castle. Her story is one of brutal tragedy. The story goes that this young woman was the daughter of an opposing clan, and she was taken prisoner by the dreaded O'Car- O'Carroll clan. The woman was reportedly beaten and raped by the O'Carrolls for months on end. She eventually became pregnant, and once the child was born, it was brutally murdered by one of the O'Carroll men. Devastated and seeing no end to her torture in sight, the woman managed to find a dagger in her cell and took her own life. Now her apparition haunts the castle with the same dagger. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Dagger clenched in her fists. She's been seen screaming and running with the dagger held high with her dress flowing behind her. That one would freak me out. That would be a little scary, but That's can you blame her? That's not the old man and the dog. No, the old man and the dog I could get over easily, but in the elemental, though, and this woman, mm, yeah. I, I wouldn't I can't stay imagine the just saying good morning to her as I'm on my way to the shower. While she's, she's screaming with the dagger coming yeah. at you. What's up? No, yeah, reenacting Psycho or whatever that, is that the, mo- the right movie? Yeah, yeah, the shower to. scene? Yeah. <laughs> one more popular ghost story is practically Shakespearean in nature. A young maiden lived in the castle with her father. Her father was a descendant of the O'Carrolls, and he was a nobleman. The young girl fell in love with a poor farm boy from a neighboring village. The young boy didn't have much to offer, but decided to ask the nobleman for his daughter's hand in marriage. The nobleman was outraged and forbade him from ever talking to his daughter again. And we know that always works out. Right. The young maiden would go to the top of the castle and look for her lover from the battlements. Each night, as he approached, she would look for him, and then she would run down to meet him. One night, the two were caught by the nobleman. The nobleman murdered the young farm boy the next time he caught him on the castle grounds. Afterwards, the nobleman told his daughter that she would marry a man of his choosing, and that was final. The same night, she crept into her father's bedchambers and stabbed him to death. Hmm. A few days later, the young maiden went to the battlements to grieve her lover and was pushed by unseen hands to the lawn below. She died instantly, and it is believed 
that it was the angry spirit of her father who, who murdered her for revenge. Visitors claim that they have seen a woman emitting a blood-curdling scream following, falling from the battlements. As they approach the spot where she had fallen, no soul can be found. And, you know, it kind of makes me feel better about my family because I thought my family was dysfunctional. Right. And then you read this and you're like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> For real. Uh, Sean and Anne Ryan still reside at Lep Castle. They still claim that they have paranormal experiences from time to time. They christen their daughter in the chapel to bring light and hope to the place. The poltergeist activity has settled down because they're all getting used to each other. And according to Sean, they have never had an encounter with the creepy elemental. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Sean has, however, heard and seen a little girl spirit roaming around the castle. He personally believes the little girl was a victim of starvation during the bouts of famine that plagued Ireland. The Ryans do allow tours, and Sean himself will take excited tourists around the castle and the surrounding property. Several paranormal shows have filmed stays there overnight, including Ghost Hunters, the UK's Most Hunted, and Ghost Adventurers. Each show has come forward with numerous EVPs and anomalies caught on camera. Next time you want to take a, take a vacation, why not plan a trip to Ireland and pay Sean and Anne a visit? Who knows, you might even get to see a ghost. I don't, I, I would never go there. I would never go there unless I could take a shovel and a metal detector and try and find some of that stuff that was buried on there. Yeah. Because it's, it's too much for me. I can't. You know, maybe the old guy sitting there in the chair and the dog. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All that other mess. Because you know what? I would be the one to bring forth the elemental. <laughs> that would I would be your be, luck. <laughs> I would be that person. Yeah. I would be that person that says something stupid and then the elemental wakes up and says, oh, let's take care of this one here. <laughs> I think that I would constantly wear you know, wear like all these charms that would protect me garlic. and garlic and sage burning like right yeah. behind me, just flowing around me while I went. I really want to go. I've always I've always had a desire to go and I thought it'd be really cool to get a bunch of friends and go and I mean you can stay there overnight, obviously, because no, it's, it's someone's home. private re- residence. Yeah, but they they take people in at night sometimes and um the bloody chapel, it's completely vacant. It just looks it's not a ruin, but it looks like a ruin, and it's really, really creepy, and I really want to go there. <laughs> weirdo. Don't look, don't seek that stuff out, because eventually it's something that will attach to you, and it'll end up in your house. Mm-hmm. I don't need that in my life. I got enough crap. <laughs> I've got enough voodoo going on day to day. Mm-hmm. So now I want to start a, a new segment here in a minute um, called Ghastly Ghost, and I'm going to let Rachel tell you how to um, submit stories. These are all listener stories that we've gotten, and I'm going to let Rachel tell you how to submit some stories um, because, you know, a lot of people have these experiences, and we want to we want to try and bring some of those to light. So, Rachel, how can they reach us to get us these stories? So we have a Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group, and it's um, Haunted Visions Podcast, and you can look us up on there. We'll be happy to have you join our happy, spooky little family. And also, you can email us at hauntedvisionspodcast at gmail.com. And I will get back to you. Usually within 24 hours, I respond to people and ask you questions and make sure that I'm allowed to use your name on the podcast. If you choose to remain anonymous, that's totally fine. Just let me know. But yeah, help us help you by getting your story out there for everyone to hear. Um, and while we're, while we're doing this real quick, and we'll go over it again, but... Um, if you want to um, make a donation, because there are some expenses that go along with hosting a podcast, uh, we do have a Patreon account. 
Uh, it's at patreon.com backslash haunted visions. Um, and you can, you know, give a little bit. Um, and also, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other people find us. Um, if you could do that, that would be wonderful, too. Yes. Um, so, anyway, we're going to call this segment Ghastly Ghosts. And um, I'm going to go ahead. Today we're going to read. We may only read one story in the future, but today we're going to read a couple because we've gotten a bunch. Um, and I'm going to let Rachel go ahead and start that. All right. So um, this is a story from Alicia. She's one of our listeners and she's a doll. And so it goes like this, Brandy. Mm -hmm. She says, hey, Rachel and Brandy, I just wanted to reach out to you and relate an experience I had. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine went to Savannah, Georgia with her husband and his best friend. It was our first night and we decided to go on a midnight walking tour. And they have plenty of those down in Savannah in case anyone is interested in that. Our guide was very entertaining, but the stories he told were very tame and were not even remotely creepy. After two hours on the tour, we were following our guide to yet another location, and my friend and I were joking back and forth about how we expected a guide on an adults-only midnight tour to tell more than just campfire tales that could be pulled off the internet. At this point, I should note that I had not even had a drop of alcohol that evening, and I am very difficult to scare. As we rounded the corner, the tour guide stopped walking. I felt a cold chill on my neck, uncharacteristic of a late spring in Georgia. My stomach lurched. My body tensed. I looked ahead and saw the tour guide. He was standing a little ways ahead of us in a completely relaxed and even jo jovial demeanor and was talking to a few members of the tour group. My chest tightened and I had the strong instinct to run. I crossed the road into the square across from this house we were by. I was still close enough to hear him if he began a story, but far enough away that my nerves began to settle. Finally, he spoke up and said that we were simply taking a little break here, and he would talk about this particular house momentarily, but it was abandoned and we were free to explore the outside of the house. The guys that my best friend and I were with wanted to walk up the steps to the front door to look in it. Not wanting to be a chicken, I decided to shake it off, shake off what I was feeling, and follow them. As I got closer to the house, the dread and the nerves returned. Each step seemed like I was being weighed down, and it felt like I was, it was harder to breathe. Once at the top of the stairs, I watched as they started tinkering with the old-fashioned mail slots, joking about, joking about how it was so stupid and there was no such thing as ghosts. As they were laughing, something came over me, and I could not stop myself. I clenched my fists so hard I could feel my fingers cutting into my palms and my grit and the grit in my teeth. Stop, you are being disrespectful, I practically growled. The fear had suddenly inexplicably began to be replaced by anger. With dirty looks from the guys, they left to join the group, and my friend followed her husband. I was alone at the door, and the fear returned. I stared at the door for a moment and then looked back, wishing that they hadn't left me on my own. I took a shaky breath and started down the stairs. I had just put one foot on the step, and I felt cold, hair-raising hair air on my arms and the back of my neck. I stopped. I felt frozen in fear. The very next um, moment, I could feel sudden pressure on my upper back as if I were being pushed. Gripping the metal railing, I kept myself from falling. Once I had steadied myself, I turned back around. No one was there. I continued to hold onto the railing, my knuckles turning right. Somehow, I managed to gather myself enough to run, taking the steps two at a time. 
Once I was on flat ground, instead of joining the group, I walked into the square and stayed there until the group moved on, keeping a safe distance from that house. When I got home, I looked up the stories I had heard from the guide about the house. They were all just stories, no truth to them. But there is one thing that I know to be true. When I was near that house, something terrified me. Something tried to push me down those stairs. Something was in that house. I hope you guys liked it. Sincerely, Alicia. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for submitting that. That is definitely a scary story. And actually, um, she ended up elaborating a little bit more and showed me a picture of that house and found an article about it and shared it on our Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we learned some of the little history about it. It was really, really cool. Well, that's cool. Um, The next story I want to read is from uh, a listener of ours, Amber Anderson. And uh, let me preface this by saying that um, Amber and I have been uh, Facebook friends for a while. And she is a very, um, very, very practical. She's very pragmatic. Um, Not much jostles her. She's, you know, adopted a bunch of kids. She's a wonderful person, but she's not really one that you know, tends to um, exaggerate or anything like that. So I just want to preface preface that when I tell you this story. Uh, Amber says, when I was about 17, I was home alone with my mother while other members of my family were out of town. My mother was on the phone with my stepdad, and we were both really uncomfortable, feeling like there was a presence in the house that shouldn't be there. She was telling him about it when the lights abruptly went out. And then she says, no joke. <laughs> So he told her to tell me to bring my grandmother's cross that I kept on a knob in my dresser. I went went to find it in the dark, and of course I was freaking out, so I grabbed the wrong necklace, though I didn't know it at the time. I came back out into the living room and started handing it to my mother over the coffee table. Coffee table. Mm -hmm. Uh, No joke, though it's going to sound like I'm making it up. Something hit me from behind, straight in the small of my back. I sprawled out on the table face down, dropped the necklace, and of course, I was hurt. At that moment, the lights came back on. And she's, she says, uh, I'm completely hysterical at that point. I tell my mom what happened and that my back is still stung. She lifts up my shirt, and I literally had a palm-shaped bruise on my back. I was so freaked out, I slept in my mom's bed for days with the lights on. I, of course, wrote back, I would have moved. <laughs> yeah. Because I would have. She said, no kidding, it's a completely true story. I think I attract that crap. I don't think moving would have helped. I don't go for the whimsical as a general rule. So I asked her if it was okay and for us to share that story, and she said that was great. So that is Amber's little story with the bruise on the back of her back. Maybe we should just um, set up paranormal survivor kits compete you know complete with crucifixes and sage burning um packages <laughs> see if i can find that guy with the cape from the yeah. psychic fair to come and you know cleanse, cleanse every one of us cleanse the demons. i am out on that I'm <laughs> out. i would move like i definitely i would move i like enjoying those things from a distance that's terrifying oh yeah all right. You got one more or are we, we good? Um, I'm going to read one little small one. Um, it was submitted um, from Sean, another one of our listeners. Um, and it goes like this. Last month, my wife and I were visiting the Franklin battlefield. The Civil War battle was very bloody and much of the worst of it was fought around the Carter House. So we took a tour of the Carter House and it was the last one of the day. It was just my wife and I on the tour. And since it was just us, the tour guide let us go upstairs. Usually they will only 
allow a tour of the downstairs basement and that's where my family actually was or the family actually was during the battle the first part of the tour was interesting and then she took us upstairs and showed us the area where one of the kids fell to their death as we walked a little past that area i started feeling like i had cobwebs all over me and i just couldn't get them off of me i couldn't brush them off i actually had my hand on my wife's back at the time and she never felt a thing I was brushing off my shoulder, worried that I walked into spider webs. I'm not sure where the web would have come from, but because it was such a high ceiling and I was right behind the tour guide, I felt like I was covered in this web and we walked into a different area and I didn't feel it anymore, but it was odd no one else could feel it. It wasn't a ghost tour, so I didn't say anything to the tour guide. We later took a ghost tour downtown and I mentioned my experience to the tour guide and she was telling us about the Carter house and all the carnage around it and said she wouldn't be surprised if something paranormal was happening. It could have been a web, but it could have been, you know, it would have had to have been huge and I could never find it. Hope this was okay. I'll send another one about Gettysburg later. Thanks, John. Yeah, Gettysburg is crazy. I went there crazy a couple with years the paranormal. Ago. Oh, yeah. And we had all kinds of experiences just walking around i mean it was crazy stuff it's just electric it's everywhere so thank you so much sean that is very very creepy i've heard on a couple paranormal shows before that um walking through cobwebs is they say that's like you're walking through a ghost yeah really really weird yeah (laughs) i'm out so that's it for us today um again you can make a small donation if you like to patreon.com backslash haunted visions yep um you can find us on facebook uh, at Haunted Visions. Yep. Um, you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, any of the podcast apps. We're out on there. Yes. Again, and if you want to send us um, your stories, that's mm-hmm. Haunted Visions Podcast, no spaces in between, um, at gmail.com. Excellent. So that's all I have for today. Um, everybody have a good weekend and sleep tight. Don't let the ghosties bite. <laughs>